Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's overtime, 106.7 The Fan. I am Denton Day. It's a special Thursday because football is back. Kind of. It's only the Hall of Fame game. I don't think that it's officially back-back because you got to be a real sicko to watch deep into the Hall of Fame game. I mean, you're a different kind of beast when it comes to watching football. If you're you're watching a who-knows-who quarterback versus who gives a damn on the other side in the fourth quarter of a preseason game, but nonetheless, for the first time in a, a number of months, the NFL is back tonight. With that being said, this is a reduced power hour, or a reduced overtime. It's a power hour with me, Denton Day. You can follow me on Twitter, at the Denton Day. My man Ryan the Stallion hanging out for an hour as well, running us through uh, until 7.30. If you want to join us via the phones, you can do so, 800-636-1067. A lot of football to come uh, on this uh, uh, Power Hour edition of Overtime. And I'm sitting here now. I got a couple of tabs open on my my laptop here. And one of those tabs is uh, the artist formerly known as Twitter. I don't know what to call Twitter now. X, I I suppose, is the proper term. But I have the Commander's page open on Twitter. And as I scroll up and down it, I I see nothing in regards to Jamin Davis and a potential punishment for Jamin Davis. I find it baffling that they have stayed very quiet on this particular subject. Jamin Davis was in practice today. That's important. But then after practice, he went to court because he's dealing with a speeding violation that took place over a year ago that the team did a phenomenal job keeping quiet a speeding issue that he did that he was issued over a year ago he's now dealing with in court and I'm scratching my head because this time last week there was a lot of applause directed towards the commanders and reasonably so a radio host at another company that's not ours said some really bad things on air and completely was not thinking Given the context of what just happened and why the old owner, who's not going to be named on this show, why the old owner was removed, saying some things he shouldn't have said, and the commanders dealt with it swiftly. They got him out of there, said, we're not tolerating this. We have new ownership. 
We are really stressing that this is a new culture. We're going to do things significantly differently. If we have open layups, we're not going to blow the layups. Because for 20 years, this franchise on the field and off the field, they smoked layups when it came to public relations. So a week later, still no punishment for Jamin Davis. They have to do something here. They have to do something. you got to punish him in some way, shape, or form. And there is absolutely zero benefit to the organization in waiting to punish Jamin Davis. You should have done this one years ago, but you're not going to do or a year ago, but you're not going to do it a year ago because that was a different era. They were more focused on hiding things rather than dealing with things in the light. But now that it is a new era, this should have been dealt with immediately. As soon as it was made public, which you knew it was going to, you can do your best to hide certain things from those of us that work in the media, especially those that are on the beat. But with things like public records existing and your guy going 114 and a 45, you're not hiding that forever. You can mask it as long as like they did for over a year, but eventually that's coming to the light and, and somebody found it. As soon as somebody found it, there should have been a punishment dished out to Jamin Davis. And it's unfortunate. It's really sad that they haven't yet. But I mentioned he was back in court today. On Monday, we got word that a judge rejected a plea deal. And in that plea deal, Jamin Davis was asking for no more than eight days in prison for this reckless driving. This is really more than a reckless driving. Like, there's nothing in the state of Virginia, which is where this took place, that is above reckless driving. But when you're going 114 and a 45, I mean, you're nearly going triple the speed limit. There is no stretch of road where going triple the speed limit is a good idea. I don't care how fast you drive. I mean, there's no, there's no point anywhere in the state where going triple the speed limit is a good idea. So he's, he's going nearly triple the speed limit, and the judge says, no, 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 no. This is multiple-time offenses. This happened shortly after a tragedy that took place on this team with a car accident, which Jamin Davis had ties to. He wasn't a part of it directly, but he was there at the scene of the crime, or at the scene of the event, rather, the scene of the event, where somebody tragically lost their life because a car was moving too fast. So then he goes 114, not on a beltway, not on a major stretch of highway, but about a mile from a school. And that's a mile as cars drive. As a crow flies, it's about two football fields. If you're flying like a bird where Jamin Davis was spotted going 114, you're two football fields away from a high school, a middle school, and an elementary school. He was back in court today, and here's the new plea deal that Jamin Davis offered that he would like considered. Eight days max of jail, but minimum of four served. Six months mandatory suspended license. Supervised probation, 12 months or longer. Max of a $2,500 fine. 114 hours of community service. Another driving course and an essay on reckless driving. Now, I will admit... We have common sense here. Asking a guy to write an essay feels very middle school. Like, this is an adult. I would have maybe left that one out there. Who's reading the essay? What does he have to write in the essay? I think objectively we can say, that's silly. Why you need this man to write an essay? Don't get that. Just ask for another two hours of community service. That's just me. But everything that I just read to you, rejected. And not only was this rejected by a Loudoun County court, 
It was a different judge. On Monday, there was a discussion, well, what if Jamin Davis gets a different judge when he puts this plea agreement and asks for what I just read off? What if he gets a different judge? Maybe the judge that he got who denied his plea agreement, which I've been told by people in the law community, does not happen often. When the defense and the prosecutor agree on a plea agreement, a judge saying no, not enough, very rare. So maybe that judge was just a, he was just a hardo, right? Completely different judge still says no. Because the plea agreement was not different enough from what had been rejected on Monday. Jamin Davis is going to face some sort of jail time for this. It's not going to be a lot, but he's going to face some sort of jail time for this because that's what happens when you go 114 to 45. And the fact that the the team is quiet on this. Now, Ron Rivera spoke on this earlier when the public found out and said, we're going to support him in the legal process, which is a great thing to say, but there should have been a punishment doled out later that afternoon. Because waiting for the legal, waiting for the legalities of this to to get settled is only going to make the punishment more severe. I mean, if you're really doing what's best thing from a football perspective, you put this out immediately. This is public. We're going to suspend him. And I took the liberty for free, by the way, for free. I took the liberty of writing what I think Josh Harris and the commander's ownership group. We're just going to say Josh Harris from this point forward because saying the Josh Harris group now at this point seems redundant. Josh Harris, I, I wrote him what I think he should do. And this is a very good way that I feel this should be handled. And I quote, just keep in mind, this is me writing this. This is not official. The Washington Commanders are suspending Jamin Davis for a week of training camp and the August 11th preseason game against the Cleveland Browns. As an ownership group, we were serious about the changes surrounding the culture of the franchise and creating a positive change in the community. The actions of Jamin Davis were unacceptable. We are aware that no one was harmed in this incident. We are grateful for that. But considering the amount of offenses in Jamin's history with speeding, there needs to be accountability surrounding the situation. We look forward to him learning from this mistake, and we will take every opportunity to aid him in the process. Done. Put a Washington Commander's letterhead on it. Have Josh Harris sign it. You send that off. There is your punishment. If they do that on Monday, it's swiftly handled. Yes, there's going to be a segment of the population that says, well, that's just a slap on the wrist. I'm sorry. What are you going to do? You're not cutting him for doing this. Cutting him would be unbelievably insane. You don't cut him for doing this. You punish him. Now, Ron Rivera supposedly had a heart-to-heart conversation. That's nice. Again, that feels kind of like middle school-ish. Like your dad sitting you down, having a talk, saying, son, you messed up. This You shouldn't have done this. Your mother and I are disappointed. Like I don't, Ron Rivera having a heart-to-heart does not fix the situation for Jamin Davis at all. I know Ron Rivera and Jamin Davis are, are, seem to be close. He, Ron Rivera drafted Jamin Davis because he comes from a disciplined military family. All those things are true. That does not mean a heart-to-heart discussion fixes this. There needs to be some way of punishment. Get it done now. And then by the time the season comes around, you have him ready to go for, for the year. There was also a segment of the population on social media that started bringing up the name Jason Worth into this conversation. And that, to me, is utterly pointless. Utterly pointless. And it's almost like a mic drop. It's like this weird segment of social media and the fandom in this city, because this blends sports, but in this city that thinks that's like this mic drop thing. Well, Jason Worth got away with a slap on the wrist from the Nationals nearly 10 years ago when he was spotted going potentially 100 miles an hour 
on the Beltway. These situations are completely different for a number of reasons. First and foremost, going 100 on the Beltway is not the same as going 114 in a 45 near two schools, three schools for that matter, a high school, an elementary school, and a middle school. You're knocking all of them out there. That in itself, completely different. But the only reason that those two things are being tied together is because Jason Worth plays on a team that is represented by Washington, D.C., the same way that Jamin Davis plays on a team that is represented by Washington, D.C. That's the only real link between these two these two instances, which is not grounds enough for saying, well, the Nationals didn't suspend Jason Ware, so why should Jamin Davis be suspended? That's silly, and it's laughable. If you disagree, I open conversation, 800-636-1067. But I'm frustrated with the team a week after getting things right that they have not gotten this right with Jamin Davis. You can hit me up on Twitter as well, at the Denton Day, or the the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever we're now calling it, but at the Denton Day. Coming up, we got football coming up at 8 p.m. We're going to look into the Hall of Fame game. Jets, Browns, should you gamble on it? I'll tell you what you should play next. It's overtime on 106.7 The Fan. In 10 minutes, I'm going to tell you why I am optimistic about Sam Howell and the offense, despite everything that we've heard as we approach the first preseason game for the Commanders next week. We do have a preseason game tonight, the Hall of Fame game. It's what we're leading you up to. It's a power hour of overtime here on 106.7 The Fan with me, Denton Day. You can call me D-Day at the Denton Day on the Twitter. Uh, Ryan the Stallion hanging out with us, producing the show for the next hour. At Ryan Clary 11 where you can find him. On Twitter, I am a D-Gen. I'm about as, as D-Gen as D-Gen comes. Walk in the hallways here at 106.7 The Fan. I don't care about the outcome of the Hall of Fame game. But I see ways to make money. And believe it or not, the best games to gamble on in the NFL, this has been statistically proven. Whether you decide to accept those statistics as gospel or not is your choice, not mine. But preseason is where you bet the NFL. That's where there's money to be made in the NFL. Right now, the Jets one-and-a-half-point favorites. The Zach Wilson experience is what you're going to see, at least in the first half for the Jets. So no Aaron Rodgers. Don't get your hopes up. I would love to see Aaron Rodgers debut tonight with the Jets, but if we're being honest, Aaron Rodgers likely not seeing the field at the preseason at all. Maybe a series or two. He's done this dance enough to where you can make a reasonable argument to not see him the entirety of the preseason. But the Zach Wilson experience I'm here for. The Jets are one-and-a-half-point favorites. The total for tonight is 33-and-a-half. And, Ryan, I'm looking at the total. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a gambling man. I'm looking at the total because we know at this point in training camp and in the offseason, the defenses are way ahead of the offenses. Absolutely. I mean, at this moment in time, when it comes to preseason football, Denton, what I always love to do is bet on the over of turnovers. Offenses aren't ready. Move. That's a great that's a great move. Because you're right, offenses aren't ready. If you look at a guy like Zach Wilson, he's fighting for his job as a backup quarterback just to make a roster spot. And just in general, even when he wasn't fighting for a job, that guy's a slinger. I mean, there's a little bit of the Brett Favre in him, right? That's what all these these draft uh, wizards said when he was coming out of BYU. He's a gunslinger. He's going to try and fit the ball in some, 
some pockets that might not actually be there in the NFL. And I know it's only preseason, so you're going up against guys that aren't going to make a roster, but still, those gaps close quickly in the NFL. Let me read you the score of the, the previous Hall of Fame games for the past few years. Last year was an anomaly. The Raiders won 27-11. to 11. The over-under for tonight, 33-and-a-half. So that one, that's an over. Like, that one cashes. In 2021, it was the Steelers 16, the Dallas Cowboys 3. No offense in that. No game in 2020 because of the pandemic, no preseason. In 2019, 14-10, the Broncos beat the Falcons 17-16 in 2018. So that's an, that's an under. It's 33-and-a-half, not 33. That's an under. I did that math, 16-17, to 17, no calculator because I'm a genius. In 2017, 20-18, the Cowboys beat the Cardinals, so that's an over. No game in 2016, 14-3, 17-13. You get the idea. There's not a lot of offense in this game. You're going to see some Dorian Thompson-Robinson if you're a college football fan, DTR. I'm excited to see him play with Cleveland. I know Ryan's excited to see uh, Kellen Mond get a little bit of action. Didn't even know he wasn't on the Vikings anymore, but you learn something new every day. You just love to see the former Aggie out there. I- I'm excited for him. I'm just going to be honest out there. I'm excited to you're, see you're, Kellen Mond. You're a Kellen Mond guy. I am a sure. Kellen Mond guy, and as well as Zach Wilson. I mean, this is going to be an epic Hall of Fame game. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, they just. I just want to see Zach Wilson throw. There's. I mean, if Zach Wilson is playing, you know what, if you're the Jets, what you have going in the running back room. You got Brees Hall. You got Michael Carter. No more questions, please. Wipe your hands. Those are your two starting running backs. Don't really need to see a lot of guys run. Like, maybe you want to see your offensive line get some action in the run game. I just want to see Zach Wilson throw the ball tonight for the Jets. That's all I need. All I need is a little bit of foosball, and that's what we're getting in tonight. So back and forth action. Back and forth. Oh, this way. Nope, this way, this way, this way. I need to find some odds on the total turnovers. I don't know if the Hall of Fame game is going to let me be that degenerate legally if I wanted to find some odds illegally I could do it I mean Ryan and I could make a bet right now on the air and we could make some odds for that but I don't know if they're going to give us those odds legally because you're right whatever that number would be for total turnovers unless it's something absurd like five and a half you're taking the over if you're giving me three and a half turnovers in the hall of fame game I'm taking the over someone's fumbling guys are going to throw interceptions the defense is always ahead of the offense at this point in the preseason, and really throughout the majority of the preseason. And if last year was any indication just throughout the entire season, last year was a much better defensive season than it was offensive season. There were years in the past, in 2020, 2019, really with the birth of Sean McVay in Los Angeles and with Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, where it was a reasonable request to ask your offense to score 35 points a game to win a game. 28 points minimum. If you're not scoring 28 points a game, You're losing football games just based off of what happened last year and the flow of the NFL. It's more of a defensive league. I'm playing the under tonight. 33 and a half, Jets-Browns, I'm playing the under. That game kicks off right here at 8 o'clock. Pre-game starts in just over 30 minutes here on 106.7 The Fan. The final 30 minutes of our show coming up next. It's a reduced version of overtime, a power hour with yours truly, Denton Day. And coming up... Ron Rivera made some recent comments about the quarterback room that have me optimistic for Sam Howell. I'll tell you why next. It's overtime with Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan.
It's a power hour of overtime on 106.7 The Fan. I'm Denton Day. You can call me D-Day at the Denton Day on Twitter. We are to the point now in training camp, there's been a lot of discourse about quarterback Sam Howell. Consider me, I will put my left hand up, as we do with this organization. I'm a Sam Howell guy. I'm not an absolute Sam Howell truther. He's going to be MVP this year. I'm not insane, but I'm a Sam Howell guy. I'm optimistic that this season is going to be a good one for the quarterback that's projected to be QB1 for the commanders right now. And unlike in years past, as we sit here early August, I'm optimistic about the quarterback play because of the head coach. Here's Ron Rivera earlier this week on Sam Howell's growth and development. What you really need to look for is when we get on the field. You know, when, when we do game plan, when we do prepare, I know it's just preseason games, but those are going to be uh, paramount to, to, to telling everybody where he is, what's his growth. And at the same time, as, as I've said a couple of, don't sleep on, on, on Jacoby. He's done a nice job as well. I mean, we got some really good uh, quarterback uh, play going on right now. We've got a real good quarterback room. We're very happy with what we've got right now. You caught that, right? What he said about Sam Howell, yes, we're going to learn about him in the preseason game. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Knew that one and didn't have to have that one explained. But he said don't sleep on Jacoby there. And that, ironically, of everything he just said is what makes me the most optimistic about Sam Howell. For all of Ron Rivera's tenure here in Washington, he has attempted to sell us on the quarterbacks that we knew were not good. Insanity, the definition, doing the same thing, expecting different results. This is new from Ron Rivera. There's no, it doesn't feel like there's a sales pitch here. There's never really been talk of major quarterback competition in his time here. And he was never a used car salesman, by the way. I, for one, drive a used car. I'm pro-used car. I think that, that metaphor, little overdrawn. What Ron Rivera had done for his first three years in Washington when it came to the quarterbacks, was pick up a handful of rocks and attempt to tell us it was gold. And we knew not the case. 2020, God rest his soul, Dwayne Haskins. Can I sell you on him? No, coach, I don't think so. I don't know if Dwayne's the guy. How about this dude that was with me in Carolina for a lot of years named Kyle Allen? He's the answer. No, 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 coach. He kind of got you fired last year. Not going to go with him being the guy. No, you don't want Kyle Allen? How about the guy that snapped his leg and nearly died like a year ago, Alex Smith? You want to see him back on the field quarterbacking the then Washington football team? No, we didn't want any of that. All right, what about this dude named Taylor Heineke? And there was a population of the fan base that said, yes, give us Taylor Heineke or give us death. And then after that season, how about Ryan Fitzpatrick? He's a journeyman everywhere. He has a big beard and a nice personality. We think he's our guy. No, coach, that's that's just a rock. Like, that's just a normal, everyday rock that you got from a playground. No? How about Taylor Heineke again? Still no on Heineke, coach. He can't throw the ball 15 yards down the field. There's no big plays with Taylor Heineke. No, you don't want him? All right. How about Carson Wentz? This big old leprechaun. He was kind of good in Philadelphia for like a year or two. He beat us a bunch of times here in D.C. Now we're going to turn him and make him our own. Yeah, the exit in Indianapolis, not great. But I read the analytics. I did the research. Carson's our guy. You want Carson Wentz? No, coach. We don't want Carson Wentz. We have common sense. Not a good quarterback. Stop spitting me the 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I have eyes. I watch the games. I don't want Carson Wentz. No Carson Wentz. Cool. How about Taylor Heineke? 
last and final call. No. For three years, he's been selling us on all of these quarterbacks that everyone knew were not going to be good in this town. But for the first time in August, he is not selling us on a quarterback. It seems like there is some element of competition, which has never been the case with him. He has always claimed to have the answer to a certain extent. There was always talking down to the fan base about how he knew this guy was the answer. He went to bat for Carson Wentz for like six weeks too long. Six weeks too long. He brought him back. I will admit, I agreed with bringing him back in that game against Cleveland because the Taylor Heineke experience was over. It was the worst. It was a bad option with worse options. Like there was no good option in that unless you were that big of a believer in Sam Howe. Wasn't there yet. I'm there now. Consider me a convert. But this dude's been spending years attempting to sell us on what we knew was not good. And for the first time in his tenure, at least here, he is taking a more honest approach. Sam Howell, to me, is going to have a good season. And by the way, if you actually believe that Jacoby Brissett is going to start week one, you lack critical thought. When God was creating the way that your brain was going to be designed, he skipped out on adding the critical thought in there. If you use any ounce of critical thought, there is nothing, nothing that Jacoby Brissett starting week one does to benefit Ron Rivera in the long term. This is a trial year. This is a new group of owners, guys that want to win, that expect to bring winning and tradition back to a fan base that for the entirety of my lifetime has been robbed of. I'm 28 years old. I've never seen an 11-win season. Never. I've seen like two playoff wins, and one of them came in the 90s where I didn't really see it. As a functioning fan, I've seen one playoff win all the way back in 2006 against Tampa Bay. This new ownership is bringing winning. And Jacoby Brissett, great backup quarterback, there is nothing there for Ron Rivera to really excite new ownership with. It is Sam Howe or it is bust. It's Sam Howe or I'm playing golf in Pebble Beach or uh, wherever Ron Rivera decides to retire. He maybe goes to Florida, Pebble Beach, Arizona, I heard, is a big retirement community for those that are a little higher up there in age. Wherever he decides to retire, it's Sam Howell or it's retirement. If you don't believe me, look at what happened to Drew Locke with Denver in 2021. Drew Locke was projected to be the young up-and-coming guy with the Denver Broncos. He was positioned that way all throughout camp in 2021, and then at the very last second, the coaching staff decided we're going to pull the rug out from Drew Locke. Teddy Bridgewater's our guy. He was just a little bit better in camp. Teddy Bridgewater's our guy. Even if Jacoby Brissett here is just a little bit better in camp, you still go with Sam Howell. Why, you ask? Because when they went in Denver with Teddy Bridgewater over Drew Locke, they ended Drew Locke's time there in Denver. It was over from that point because you decided to go with somebody else. You shattered the kid's confidence, which you want to argue that he shouldn't shatter his confidence. If you're shattering confidence by benching a guy, he's, he's not a real quarterback. Yell at clouds. I don't care for that. You shatter his confidence, but then you give the ownership no reason to bring you back as a head coach. Because the average quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, or in this case, Jacoby Brissett, is not good enough. Even if, if Jacoby Brissett is starting quarterback and he goes 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one, like the team went last year versus Sam Howell being the starting quarterback and him going 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one, 
we have to be smart enough in this fan base to recognize those two records are different. 8-8-1 eight, eight, with a backup quarterback that you then turned into a starter is holding the team back. 8-8-1 eight, eight, with Sam Howell means that Sam Howell played well. That there was reasonable growth with Sam Howell that you can think he might actually be an option next season. There, there is reason for us to contemplate sticking with Ron Rivera potentially for one more year because Sam Howell showed some growth. Should they stay with Ron Rivera if he goes 8-8-1 eight, eight, next year? No. It's playoff or bust for Ron, and you need a playoff win to keep your job. Or else someone else is going to be coaching this team. We're not going to get into the coaching carousel now. It's too early for that. But it's Sam Howell or bust here. And there are intangibles that Sam Howell has that I would like to see with this particular offense that Eric Bieniemy is running, and more importantly with the skill position guys. First and foremost, can we get Terry McLaurin, a damn quarterback, that can throw 15 yards down the field and will actually play 16 games, 17 games. He had Heineke for a while. Heineke couldn't throw the ball 15 yards down the field. And when he did, he's throwing into like six defenders, right? He's throwing balloons up there. He's basically punching the football down the field and just hoping that Terry McLaurin comes down with it. Get that dude a guy that can throw the ball 15 yards, more than 15 yards down the field, and is going to stay healthy throughout the entirety of the season. But with Terry, with Jahan, who, by the way, Jahan Dotson is going to have a breakout season this year. Whatever your definition of breakout is, unless it's something absurd like 20 touchdowns, Jahan Dotson is due for a breakout season this year. He is a legitimate red zone threat. He defies everything that you think of when you think red zone threat because when you think red zone threat, you want a 6'3 guy that's going to go catch a fade in the end zone or a guy that can leap up and catch something in the back of the end zone. Jahan's not that. But in space, in those tight little corners, there is nobody better on this roster at creating space. That dude shakes defenders out of their shoes on a weekly basis in the red zone. You just got to get a guy that can find him, that can progress through his reads. And everything that we've heard is that Sam is picking up the offense. I'm not anticipating him next week against the Cleveland Browns to go out there and torch him for however long he plays. And Sam Howell, by the way, should play at least a quarter. He should play at least a quarter in the first preseason game. In a perfect world for me, I need to see him for a half. Because while I'm a believer in Sam Howell, and I think he's going to be a good quarterback for this team in 2023, I'm not oblivious to the fact that he's only played one game. He needs to play in the preseason. There's a reason that the preseason exists. I'm not anticipating him to go out there and torch Cleveland, but I want to see some growth. I want to see with my own, in my case, I wear glasses. So I want to see with my own four eyes, this guy looking, reading through the progressions, playing on time, staying in the uh, the pocket of the offense. Like the physical pocket would be nice, but the pocket in terms of the flow and the rhythm of the offense and marching down the field. Another thing that we've seen with Ron Rivera, he doesn't like playing starting quarterbacks in preseason. Didn't see a lot with Carson. Didn't see it with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Should have seen it more with Dwayne Haskins in 2020. I want to see Sam Howe play in the preseason. But based on what we've heard, I am optimistic. However, with all that that I just said, you're not going to believe what Ron Rivera said about the offense this season in comparison to last season. I was baffled. You'll hear why next. It's overtime with Denton Day on 106.7 The Fan.
Wrapping up the Power Hour here on 106.7 The Fan. I am Denton Day. In 12 minutes, you get pregame for the first football game of the season. Hall of Fame game, Jets and Browns, kicks off at 8 p.m. right here on 106.7 The Fan. I was scrolling through my Twitter, and Kay Adams, who does a very good job with FanDuel, was at Ashburn. It was at a Commander's Park today in Ashburn. And she's doing a bunch of interviews with a bunch of different players and coaches. And one of those coaches was Ron Rivera. I love listening to Ron Rivera speak. It's one of my favorite pastimes because as a communicator myself, I can pick apart some things, right? I was floored when I heard what Ron Rivera said about the offense. We've changed a lot of things. I talked with Eric about a lot of things that that they were doing in Kansas City and things that, that we could copy and mimic. Um, and really to get our guys out of a comfort zone. You know, I've been in the same system. I've been in the same system, you know, for, 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 for 12 years. Yeah. Now's an opportunity to get out of that comfort zone uh, with the new offensive coordinator, do some things differently, and that's what we're doing. If I'm walking down the street and a stranger happened to, to take a piece of gum out of the mouth, throw it on the ground, and I step on it, I'm going to be upset. It's not my fault, right? They, that's the stranger's fault. The stranger put the piece of gum on the ground. Me and Ryan walking down the road. I just happened to step on it. Little upset. Damn it. I'll clean it off, right? It's a completely different scenario. If Ryan and I are walking down the street, I throw a piece of gum out of my mouth in front of me, and then I proceed to step on that piece of gum. I can be upset if a stranger places a piece of gum on the ground and I step on it, but I cannot be upset if I place a piece of gum on the ground and step on it. Ron Rivera, for 12 years, in the same system offensively, was putting a piece of gum on the ground and stepping on it. When he said, in a a manner that I found to be complaining about being in the same system for 12 years, my brother in Christ, you were judge, jury, executioner here. You took Scott Turner, the son of North Turner, love North Turner. You took Scott Turner from Carolina after a not that great year, by the way. In 2019, Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator at Carolina, you were 19th in yards per game. You were 20th in points. You got fired. You then brought him here to D.C., and we sat through the fiasco that was the Scott Turner experience, and now you have the audacity to sit here and say, I'm so glad I'm in a new system. You were in charge. This was all you. How can this guy sit up here and preach accepting responsibility and taking accountability for your actions if he's not doing the same how far does that message really go you were stuck in the same system for 12 years there was one year there was one year that system was great take a guess where that was what year that was if you guess 2015 when cam newton was the mvp ding 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 you are correct the only time that system that Ron Rivera told Kay Adams he's so ready to get out of, the only time it worked is when Cam Newton was quite literally the personification of Superman. You couldn't stop him. There was one team, one team that managed to stop him, and it was an iconic defense with the Denver Broncos led by Von Miller, who was in his prime. He was an absolute animal. That defense was so good, they carried a broken quarterback in Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl. No one stopped it. That one year, but every other year, 2013, they were 26th in yards, 18th in points. That was under Mike Shula. He was there from 13 to 17. 
16th in yards in 2014, 19th in points. The Cam Newton year, they were first in points, 11th in yards. He was MVP. What do you expect? After that, 19th in yards per game, 15th in points in 16, 19th in yards per game, 12th in points in 2017, 10th in yards per game with North Turner, 14th in points in 2018. I just gave you the Scott Turner stats, 19th and 20th in yards per game in points in 2020 when they came here. 30th in yards per game, 25th in points. Like right there, that experiment should be over. Just in that sample size, that experiment should be over. You don't need anything more than that. You had one good season in the same system. You don't have an answer at quarterback. You switch the system up. He kept on going with Scott Turner. 21st in 2021 in yards per game, 23rd in points. 20th in yards per game last year, 24th in points. But God bless it, he is ready for Eric the Enemy to bring all that Kansas City Chiefs magic here to D.C. I just need the head coach to take some accountability here. You had all of the power. Dan Snyder was not going to stop you from firing Scott Turner. We know that Dan Snyder wasn't exactly great with money in his final years here because he's battling a lot of lawsuits. He's in debt to the NFL for trying to buy everybody out when he didn't pay them to begin with. Dan Snyder didn't want to necessarily fire Scott Turner, but he wasn't stopping you from doing so. Because even when a billionaire is struggling financially, whatever the number was that he had to buy out Scott Turner, he could have done. But he was an absentee owner. I mean, he was what your parents do when you're in high school. They leave for the weekend. You got no rules. You are the rules in this instance in Ron Rivera, and he's still stuck with that. So miss me with I'm so glad to be out of our comfort zone. I'm so glad to be in this new offense when you were the one that was handcuffing the team to that offense that, as I just stated, did not work here. I am optimistic about Eric Bieniemy, though. Apparently, from what I've heard, what the beat reporters have said, practice is a little different with EB in town, and that's something that I find to be very positive. Football's back tonight. We're sending you off to Canton, the Hall of Fame game. Jets Browns, the official play, bet the under, 33 and a half, bet the under. I'm Denton Day. You can hit me up on Twitter at the Denton Day. Follow my producer, Ryan Clary, at RyanClary11. Enjoy football being back. Your Hall of Fame game is next on 106.7 The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.